Welcome to Everything Scary. My name is Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, local celebrity. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, international celebrity. Thank you. Matt McLean. Hello, hello. <laughs> Every Tuesday, we release a new episode, mostly true crime, but we've also been known to cover a pandemic, a haunting, a super mad, super strong chimpanzee. We'll cover anything and everything scary. Please rate us five stars and join us on Instagram at Everything Scary Pod. Here we go. Whoa. Yeah, hey. that's right. Coming in hot. Hot. Speaking of. Can I comment on your looks, please? Sure, please. May do. I objectify you for mm-hmm. one moment? Because yep. on the fit, phenom. Thank you so much. I don't know what you call that a dress, I guess, or a skirt. It's it's definitely a dress. You it's got boots. Dress. You got pink in the hair. Damn. The, the pink. It's actually it's um it's a midlife crisis. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. So I mean, like, I have noticed that in Barry, mm-hmm. well, close to where we're from, older women seem to have really colorful streaks in their hair like yes mostly i see them like you know at walmart mm-hmm. and so i thought well i just turned 39 it's um par for the course so yeah. me and uh the old gals <laughs> we, you and the the, the rest of the view <laughs> like, i mostly see the the older ladies with like the violet in their hair so like i feel like i'm still a little bit edgier it's kind of cool because it's like it's not in your face pink. It's just kind of like, oh, oh, is that a little? Oh, what have you got? Okay. All right. Okay. It's not like, look, I saw Barbie. It's like, we get it. We got it. So you're 10, I haven't you can pull seen Barbie. My kids all saw it the other day. I have not seen it either, but it is on my to watch list and it's been forever. Normally, I would say that I would watch Ryan Gosling do literally anything. Yeah. I'm not digging the platinum blonde on him, though. I kind of want to see, I mean, I, I, I want to see it only because it's like the biggest movie ever and it's got like a good message and everything. But like, there's a lot of dudes, do you know the back, the backlash on it? It's like indoctrinating like uh, wokeness and stuff. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's great. I guess it teaches, it talks about patriarchy. Wow. And all that. And so <laughs> indoctrinates into wokeness. <laughs> I would literally, uh, truthfully though, like, I mean, that's, it's a great message. I have heard its message, but I would normally watch Ryan Gosling cut his toenails, but He'd okay. <laughs> is that a foot thing or that's a Ryan Gosling no, thing? No, that's just a Ryan Gosling thing. Okay, I can but see that. I don't know. I just don't... The, the platinum blonde on him, like he doesn't... Maybe he does it better if you actually watch it, but... What about Eminem when he first burst onto the scene with the blonde hair where you're like, oh, what up? Speaking of problematic things, <laughs> I love Eminem so much. Yeah? Oh my God, I love him so Aww, much. I, I think he's... Um, I don't know how he hasn't been canceled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have there been any cancellations because of lyrics and song? Well, one of his lyrics is, he's going to slap anthrax on a Tampax and smack you until you can't stand. Doesn't sound like him. The last part <laughs> should have... Are you sure that wasn't a Hanson lyric? The last part should have <laughs> rhymed with anthrax. <laughs> well, Tampax rhymes with anthrax. And then he just... What was the last? And slap you until you can't stand. Yeah, so you can't stand, Max. <laughs> or something. Until you can't chillax, tampax, okay. your anthrax. I wanted to um, read you a couple reviews that we got. Oh, no. No, you're fine. Okay. I'm not. Oh. Yeah. No. So. That's even worse. I'm going to have survivor's guilt. Survivor's guilt. Actually, it has to do with you. And oh, I feel God. like maybe we need to talk. Like we Maybe we need like an HR person. Uh-oh. Or somebody that needs to like intervene. Oh, great. So two of them are just fun. Okay. I'll just read you the fun ones. They're just fun. But, um, so I don't know if you remember, but we had like a scammer. He was trying to take me for $20. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so he was like, I'm going to destroy your podcast. I'm going to give you all these bad reviews. And he did. Yeah. But it was on like this pod bay. Like it wasn't Apple. It wasn't Spotify. It wasn't anything that I normally would check. Is it pod bay like B-A-Y or B-A-E? B-A-Y. Oh, interesting development. <laughs> I thought it would be like, oh, who's that pod bay? I'm your pod bay. <gasps> Write that down. That's going to be our new song. Okay. TM. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so eventually I did, I found all these bad reviews. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's stupid because like, it sucks that he did it because, you know, it lowers our, our rating on that platform, but it's all on the same day. It's, different variations of the exact same name. Oh, that's funny. And all it says is bad podcast. And it's like, okay. Like, 
Shut up. I feel like I dogged it. Shit on the yeah, floor. That's exactly right. Bad podcast. Bye. Bad podcast. <laughs> no, no, leave it. Leave it now. <laughs> leave it right now. You're a bad podcast. That's you they're talking to, too. <laughs> <laughs> Stop humping that. That's right. That's uh. right. Uh, these are new boots. <laughs> <laughs> so then I came across one legitimate one star review. And uh, I wanted to read it to you now. All right. So it's one star. Too much banter and secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> oh, no. I tried to listen to this podcast because there's a story that they covered that I have kind of been following. But the banter is excessive. And the woman host is practically falling all over herself about her co-host. Oh! She's clearly really into him and he's not reciprocating. <gasps> oh! Too much secondhand embarrassment opposite. for me. Didn't even finish the episode. Total opposite. <laughs> wow! Awesome! I like that one, actually. Um... What is it? Like my eyes, my calves, just all of it. Probably you're into. It's a package. Yeah, yeah. it is. Like it is the package and a package. And, I it, like it. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I'm I'm falling over myself about it too. Like, it's not even just like I subtle. Know. I'm like super clumsy. <laughs> um, we have such a great meet cute. <laughs> I love it. Here. I'm actually going to read that at our <laughs> wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and now, yeah, somebody gets up and just reads one star reviews. <laughs> one star reviews. <laughs> But the other two, there's one here. Um, I'm not proud of the fact that I, you know, they say that like good comedy should not involve potty humor. Oh, they I say strongly that. disagree. Yeah. So we have another review here that says the art of the fart. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay, rhymes all of it. <laughs> Ever since I discovered the podcast, my <gasps> life has been enriched. What? <laughs> From Lynn Shank's singing to Matt's expert analysis, <laughs> my beard and I have been hooked. <laughs> it reminds me of the time that I discovered my favorite barber in 2016. Oh, my God. <laughs> I went in to get a haircut, and while she was cutting my hair— Oh, God, I don't know if I'm going to get through this. Mm. <laughs> and while she was cutting my hair, I unleashed a fart that emptied the— <laughs> Gas, gaseous contents of my colon. <laughs> As the sheet over my body began to blow up, she placed a hair dryer on my nether regions oh. without saying a word uh. and blew the smell to the other patrons. Uh. Oh, they have an excellent podcast, and I look forward to more wrestling subjects and for Linda cut an album. <laughs> oh, my God. Are we the fart? No, we're the blanket. <laughs> I don't know what we are. That is terrific. We're, we're, Maybe we're the fart and he's the blow dryer <laughs> spreading our message to his friends. I love it. I assume but, it's, a, it's a guy. Yes. Yes, it is. And, uh, like, wouldn't the hairdresser be one of us at least? Because, I mean, she was the hero of the story, in my opinion. <laughs> I'd argue the hairdryer was the hero. Well, the hairdryer would not be there without the hairdresser. Yeah, I think I go for the tool over the fool. You well, go fool over tool? Fool over tool. Interesting. Every time. Okay. Um, and the last one. Everything fun. Five oh, stars. <laughs> <laughs> New podcast name. <laughs> um, I'm a busy mom without a ton of time to devote to a podcast. But Lynn and Matt get it done. Lynn gets me out of my head and into an awesome case, and Matt gives me a chuckle. And then in, in brackets... I personally think he's always fully dressed when they're recording, but I cannot be totally <laughs> sure. <laughs> that sounds like we wrote it. Read, like, read, what was the, read the first, can you read the very first, like, couple lines? I'm a busy mom without a yeah, yeah, it's like, fair. hi, I'm a busy mom without a lot of time to devote to podcasts. <laughs> so when I need to clear my head and get a bit of a chuckle, I listen to Lynn and Matt and everything's scary. Side effects are that. That's right. <laughs> Ask your doctor if everything scary is right for you. So, Matt, she doesn't know if you're totally dressed, but she suspects you might be. Mm. Um, spoiler alert, he's always fully dressed. Mm, more or less. Um, I mean, I can only see him from about, like, the torso up. So, like, yeah. it's anybody's guess what's going on down below. Nothing. <laughs> um, they are a great team, and I recommend this podcast for anyone that needs their quick fix. Okay, it's boring. What the funny part was, was that you uh, are fully dressed, and she suspects it. Oh, good. We're stopped talking. <laughs> good, you finished. Hey, Matt. Now so how has your weekend been? It's been really good. Yeah? <laughs> How's that donut? It's really good. <laughs> it is a sour cream glazed donut. Oh, God. Er, Look, at you're really, really good at, like, just stashing that away in your cheek, though, eh? Like, that's that's part 
Ma- squirrel. Did that? Um, did they teach you that in school? No, broadcasting school. Oh, sorry, broadcasting school. You moron. <laughs> <laughs> this is just me tripping over myself again. God, that's we, cool. So, what you flirt with me and stuff, probably too. I fall over myself, Matt. Oh my god, that it's, is wicked. It's crazy. So, I just wanted to tell you that, like, I'm really, I'm sorry if I'm objectifying you. If you feel that's something I'm not used to. Listen, like, when God curses you with these looks, you're gonna get a few stares. Like, good. Or bad. I'm just sitting here ogling you the entire time. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm okay shite. with it. I'm okay just, with it. I zoomed in on my page so big that it was only one word in the page. What was the word? Ogling. <laughs> wow. And then I spelt it phonetically so that I didn't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Maybe that's why I'm all over you is because I'm just so fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, um, one of our Patreons, I'll just wrap this up real quick. We're talking about like dating advice and stuff and okay. how I'm not, I'm not really dating, but I'm just like saying like, hey, what's up? Like, you want to, whatever. Okay, wait, and, wait, wait. Can we talk about what you're actually saying? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. So you're you're putting it out there that you're into a, a physical relationship. Yes. Emotionally unavailable. Yes, which I thought was fine um, as long as you're upfront with it and you set your boundaries. You know, I don't think women really feel that way. They're like, I can change. Yes. Yeah. No, that's correct. Mm-hmm. So I saw this lady on TikTok being like, listen, girls, if he's saying for an FWB, Here's the, and here's the problems with it. I'm like, oh, I didn't, because they're like, and he's just going to hide behind that and say, listen, I told you from the beginning, so what do you want from me? And I'm like, oh my God, that's what I'm doing. So like, I was sad. But I, women can do it, so it's a double standard, right? Like, Yeah, but I guess, I don't know. I guess with like, maybe if. I think at our age, it gets a little bit iffy because like a lot of women in their 30s are looking to have a family and. yeah. You know, if they want kids, that shit is ticking away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'm just kind of like, I don't want to, like I am in therapy. Um, Right now, it's only weekly. Uh, (laughs) I think we're going to go to maybe three, four, five, six, seven times a week, maybe one of these days. Oh, a week, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, once a day. (laughs) And so until we can get to that, all of my relationships fail, I don't really want to start a new one. But... Also, now I can't really go after this because it feels very predatory now that I know the other side of it. No. Unless, here's my thing, unless you come in equal, like maybe if it's somebody has like, like with you, we couldn't because you have the hots for me. Right, 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 right. So there's a power dynamic. Well, Obviously. naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. And, and so, uh, uh, second And hand- we couldn't because I'm just constantly falling down, <laughs> tripping over myself. That is true. <laughs> uh, second handy Mandy said that I should be looking for women in their 30s. Aquarius. Who are Aquariuses or Queer Eye. Okay, what is an Aquarius? Aquair Eye, yeah, I believe that's uh, how you say the uh, plural of the, these. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so she has to be Aquarius and in her 30s because they don't want no attachment or something. Aquarius. This is, is the dawning. It's a water sign. Is it a water sign? I don't know. I just uh, think aqua. Personality traits of Aquarius. What kind of a person is Aquarius? Highly intellectual and creative. <laughs> okay, swing and a miss. <laughs> Second handy Mandy. Um, what's the date? Uh, Today's date? No, Matt. Oh, of an Aquarius. Not writing a diary entry. <laughs> Dear diary. He uh, asked January me what my the 20th was. to February the 18th. All right. So uh, coming up, winter I guess, birthday, boring because the king got a patio. But I mean, yeah, but still, just maybe a nice dinner inside, or maybe go on vacation for a birthday. Ooh, okay, that'd be nice. Okay, yeah. You know, I don't understand why people say that we go too far into tangents. Do I have to get her two presents? January twentieth. Yes. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. But to yeah. February eighteenth, you might get off on Valentine's Day. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> Da, 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 da. <laughs> okay, can I ask you a question? Tara doesn't listen to this podcast ever, right? Uh, I don't think so, no. She's not a big murder fan. Okay, so I have to ask you because I listened, it was months ago. It was when you were doing the Mower Matt episode. Oh, yeah. Episode. The Mower Matt morning show. Yeah. Contest <laughs> and, or whatever, uh, yeah. She, only because I know you, I felt like you were saying something different than how she was interpreting it. And she should know you because she's known you for like, 400 years. Mm-hmm. But she was saying like, oh, and you were like, uh, the only instructions I got was from your husband and he told me not to mow your lawn. 
And she was just like, yeah, well, he's pretty picky about who mows our lawn. And like, he likes to do it himself. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's what he was saying. No. Now, Tara is a... Innocent? Yes. She's an innocent. She is an innocent <laughs> to the point where we were on one of our road trips that we do at a resort. And we were talking about a boat went by. And I made a motorboating joke. <laughs> and she stone-faced me. And, and I'm like, you don't... I was like, Kev, tell her what motorboating is. I am very uncomfortable right now. And she was like, what? And I was like, I bet your husband knows what motorboating is. She's like, no way. So she FaceTimes him. I said, don't say a word. Don't just ask him if he knows what motorboating is. Pulls FaceTime. She babe, do you know what motorboat? And all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> and we all died. I could not walk. I was paralyzed with laughter. It was one of maybe four or five times in my life. I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. Okay, so I'm I'm so, 100% yes, certain that innocent. you did not know, you don't remember saying this, but Correct. just by the story, you were making a dirty innuendo. And 100%. She, perfect. Okay, yep. that's, I just, I needed to know for myself. Then that's also just a good rule of thumb. <laughs> Was that a dirty, did he mean, uh-huh, uh-huh. Wait, is he a per, uh-huh. What was he talking about? FWB? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so, like I said, I don't understand why people say we talk too much off the top of the story, but here we are. A couple like, one. Can't wait to read the one-star reviews <laughs> next week for our banter. <laughs> she just keeps trying to get him to talk about sexual stuff, like <laughs> at motorboating. And- My God, he's evaluating her breath. What is going on <laughs> in that show? Uh, so, I did want to quickly mention a podcast that I've been listening to. All righty. Uh, it's called Let Me Tell You a Scary Story. Uh, it's a paranormal podcast. It's hosted by Anna Rose, who reads out true life creepy stories every Friday. Ooh. Uh, these stories have happened to ordinary people all over the world and simply cannot be explained. They range from ghostly hauntings, glitch in the matrix tales, unexplained time lapses. Ooh, those are cool. Alien sightings, possessions, near misses, demons, doppelgangers, stalkers, true crime, and much more. Ooh, demons. Not only is Anna an award-winning voiceover artist. Oh. And is sure to hook you with her excellent, smooth storytelling voice. Hello, welcome to a story. (laughs) So close the blinds, turn out the lights, snuggle underneath a quilt, and enjoy. Let Mm. Me Tell You a Scary Story is found on any of your listening podcast platforms. Let Me Tell You a Scary Story, wherever (laughs) you get your pods. So, now we're going to get into a horrible story. Firstly, I just want to thank some of our newest Patreons. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you so much to Andrea, who I believe goes by Andy. Oh, that's um, cool. With an I? I think it was I-E. Oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I was thinking, why, if anything? Oh, fuck, Andy. <laughs> uh, Robert Z, Becca N, and there's more, but I, I have them. our other story. Oh, I see. You're going to spread it out? Yeah, you know, it makes us look like we're more popular. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> so this is going to be another tough one. I messaged you yesterday and said, I don't know why the fuck I keep doing these stupid tales. <laughs> like, it's like I researched them for so long and I'm like, this is fine. Yeah, this is fine. This is great. And then like the day before, I'm like, why? <laughs> why am I telling this story? Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, oh yeah, I, I like exclusively wear Lulu's. And I was like, oh my God, do you wear the Lululemon murder? She's like, what? I was like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like my neighbor's like daughter or something. Like is like fourteen maybe. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm trying to be hip with the kids. <laughs> okay, first of all, if a fourteen year old's wearing Lululemon exclusively, then they're privileged and they probably know more than they should. <laughs> it's fucking expensive. I'm was saying. It? Oh, it was no juicy couture. Oh God, don't say it again. Mm-hmm. I want it on my feed. <laughs> um. So. This is going to have a trigger warning again for kid stuff. Okay. That worked out great last time, right? Oh, yeah. So why not do it again? It was the only thing, the thing that really got me with the West Memphis Three was your tribute to the victims that I feel is not, I mean, the three kids. Yeah. I mean, and and rightfully so. Listen, a lot of attention needs to be put on these three innocent uh, boys that were put in jail for the killing of three innocent boys. But there has been a lot of coverage of that. And, and unfortunately, I think those little kids fall in the shadow. So I wasn't aware of that. And then, um, yeah, it just really hit me. Yeah, but no, is, I get it. This is real life. These are kids. 
Eight-year-old kids. Yeah. yeah. So here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I, I try to put the kid ones on our Patreon because I don't want somebody who's just like dipping their toe in the oh, true yeah. crime world to all of a sudden be like, oh, what the hell? Jesus Christ, now I have a drinking problem. <laughs> but this one here is, there's two very stoned ends of this. Like, Okay. She's either innocent or she's guilty. Like, There's and no people will, you can't change people's minds. Right. So, I want to hear what our listeners think. And that's why I'm doing it on the regular feed. So, trigger warning, like, I, I can't say it enough. And I will give it before I go into awful things. You can leave if you want during those periods of time. Yeah, okay. I will not yeah, I might blame excuse you. myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, the story I'm about to tell you is the case of Darlie Routier. I sent you a picture of her the other day with the, the big boobs. Was and it I the said, bruise? She is the one with the bruise as well. But remember when in the white bathing suit? Oh, I, yes. I said, Are these too big? Yes, for a she's guy? innocent. <laughs> <laughs> like her boobs are just so perfectly big. so. Oh, sorry. <laughs> They're like half basketballs. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. That's not the way I should start the story. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's too much, right? It's awful. <laughs> is that what I should be saying? Is that the right thing to say is in a situation Thank like so this? Much. Thank yeah. You. yeah. Okay. So Darlie, at the time that this episode is being recorded, is sitting on death row in Texas, of all places. Oh. Front row. And has been there since 1997. Okay. Well. There's a lot of dispute regarding her conviction. Obviously, I'm going to get into the crime in a second, but I want to say that I'm going to do my absolute best to lay out evidence on both ends. And I will tell you before I start that I'm kind of torn on this one. Okay. I believe that there is more evidence that leads to her having done these things, but there's still evidence in the contrary. And for some reason, my brain won't let me go to her being guilty. I don't know why, because like there's Diane Downs, who we recorded. Do you remember the shaggy-haired stranger? Yeah. I have no problem believing Diane Downs did it. She's mm-hmm. a piece of garbage. But even though it's like, if you look at this case at face value, you're like, What's the confusion? Like, obviously, she did it. Yeah. But I just have a hard time wrapping my head around it. I don't... Okay. So, this Darlie is convicted of killing her sons. Okay. Little kids. Um, She's only ever been convicted of killing one of them because the way the court system works, if they didn't get the guilty on the one son, she, they were going to retry her for the second son. But they got the guilty on the first one. They did. So, they they're like, so she's only ever been... Like life. And things. And here's the thing. In Texas, if the victim is under six years old, it's automatic death sentence. So they tried her for the younger one first. Yeah. And they got it. I don't really, I don't hate that. No, I know. I kind of. uh, Get it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that thing that says that now Florida is saying that if there's like sexual. Yeah, if you rape a kid, you get death penalty? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking terrific. I know. Listen, this is probably incredibly insensitive, and I don't fully get it. The but thing I don't is, know if what I worry about difference. is, like, maybe it's, like, you don't want to put someone to death that maybe is wrongly convicted. That's the only, if it's for sure you walked in on somebody doing that to a child, fucking kill them. Yeah. But my problem is that there are so many people on death row still that are innocent. And mm-hmm. so, like, to convict somebody of that and put them on death row scares me just because of that one yeah. Aspect. And I don't think that anything is would be a deterrent for these fucking guys. No, no, you can't. Like, you, you got to think that it's got to be the them. worst no, life to live in the world. And there's no, and there's nothing that convinces you to not do, like, it's fucking, I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's no rehabilitation for that, no. Your no, brain just doesn't work the way it should, yeah. so. Okay, so, let's get into this stupid case. <laughs> Fine, then. Um, my reservation about this is because, as a mother, I can't, fathom that she did these things. It's not lost on me that we just covered Diane Dance, which I believe wholeheartedly that that bitch did kill her kids. But for some reason, my brain won't let me go there. So this case takes place in Rowlett, Texas on June 6th of 1996. This crime would take place a year and eight months from the time that another mother in South Carolina had pushed her own car into the lake with her children strapped into the back seat. That's like the go-to. But it was also, like, remember Diane Dance was because of a, a man? Yeah. This is Susan Smith. This was also because of a man. She had told everyone that a black man had carjacked her at gunpoint, and that followed, like, you know, tons of people volunteering to 
help her and everybody felt so bad for this mother. And when it came out that she was the one who harmed her own children, people were absolutely rocked. Yeah, no shit. Um, and soon she became the most hated person in America. So for Darley's story to have taken place so soon after the Susan Smith case, people were now way more cynical than they had been in the past. Also, the Susan Smith case is so similar to the Diane Downs case that it's eerie. And if anyone wants the Susan Smith one covered, I'll do it because apparently enjoy making you feel awful. <laughs> Was that the first one? I mean, first one, whatever, but I mean, like, of, of a mom that put her kids in the car and drove it into a, like, because I feel like there's, like, a bunch of those scenarios. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it was the first one. No, I don't, I don't but have nothing to go off of right now. the most popular one, the most publicized. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, there was, there was a mom that drowned her kids here in Barrie, um, just behind, like, the Canadian Tire there in 2006. The Canadian Tire? No yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Her, uh, like, estranged husband was trying to take custody of the kids. He lived in Bradford. She moved up here, and she drowned the two little girls in the bathtub. Oh, my God. Yes. So, sorry about that. Um, you know what? Next recording, we're gonna, it's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm going to do some fun stuff. Okay? <laughs> Hang on to your butt, because it's about to get fun. Mm -hmm. Not today, though. <laughs> Not today. So, Darlie had met her future husband, Darren, when her mother had introduced her to her supervisor at a Western Sizzler Steakhouse. Mm. Uh, at the time, Darley was 15 and Darren was 17. By all accounts, Darren was absolutely taken by Darley the moment they met. And that was something that I saw in basically every source. He just thought she was gorgeous. Mm. He loved her body, loved her face. He just thought she was, you know, the end-all be-all. The cat's pajamas? Cat's pajamas. The cat's meow. Oh, I'm so cool. <laughs> this would become an issue later on, as a lot of people believe that this was an indicator of her guilt, was like how beautiful she was. Oh, is that an indicator of guilt? Yeah. Mm. yeah. You are a multiple-time murderer. Stop it. Yeah. You're going to fall out of my chair. You look like you've killed 10 people. You are the sweetest. You could be a mass murderer <laughs> if you wanted to. You're so good-looking. God. <laughs> like if people said you killed 90 people, I'd be like, oh my God, that is so lame. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time Darlie was 18 and Darren was 20, they were married. And Darren had proposed to her while the two were on a ski trip to Colorado. And their wedding photos were everything the Obviously, 80s embodied. Yeah, like, big hair, poofy arms. Aquanet, mm -hmm. blue eyeshadow. Awesome. You know, just... So much blush that's just not blended. That was my mom, too. My mom, in her wedding photos, I'm like, it's on a wall. Like, it'll be like 10 meters away from me. And I'm like, all I can see is your blush. Yeah, like <laughs> white satin and pearls. Yeah, and it's not even like, the, it's not like a neutral color. In the 80s, it was like fuchsia. Like, people were like, we're fucking going bold <laughs> with this blush. <laughs> like, if you saw somebody whose natural cheek went fuchsia, you'd be like, something's happening to you. You are choking to death. <laughs> Right now. <laughs> Darren had a mullet in his... Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, he was looking great. So, Darlie and Darren now both worked at a circuit board manufacturing company. Cool. Nerds. Like, right in front of you. That's a circuit board, isn't it? Yes, right in front of you as well. This is... Oh, my laptop's a circuit Wait, board? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think, honestly, I think a circuit board is just that piece of, like, green plastic that holds, like... Oh. Uh, I know what you're talking circuits about. Circuits and little batteries and memory things. Okay. In my defense, oh, that should be called maybe a circuit sheet then. Yes, okay. I agree with you. Thank you so much. Yep. And also in your defense, there is a board in front of me. A radio board. Mixing board, I should say. <laughs> Thank you. So we're both right. Thank you so much. We're both right and dumb. <laughs> so while they were both working at this manufacturing company, Darren had sort of opened up like a side business and it was called Pestnack. Okay. And by 1992, this was like... Um, he would repair circuit boards. Nice. So by 1992, his side hustle was really starting to take off, and both Darlie and Darren would be able to quit their jobs and work solely on the growth of their company. Cool. Darlie did the books while Darren ran the company, and in 1993, they purchased a freshly built corner lot home located at 5801 Eagle Drive in Rowlett, Texas. Rowlett? Rowlett. Texas. Um, yeah, Texas. Texas. Rowlett, Texas. See, if I say it like that, it's probably fine. Don't mess with Texas. <laughs> so this was a beautiful neighborhood. At the time, the couple was still in their early 20s. 
unfathomable nowadays. Wow, buying a house in your 20s? Yeah, a beautiful house, too. Uh, the home itself was a three-bed, two-bath home, and it was 2,421 square feet, and it sat on a property that was nearly 9,500 square feet. Whoa. A-O. Both Darley and Darren were very flashy when it came to superficial things, and they were both now making the type of money that they were able to... See, I feel like I'm flashy, but I don't make the money that I feel like I identify with. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to make any, I mean, you're flashy like you flash like your breast, but I mean, you don't... Constantly. You, you know, you don't wear a lot of jewelry, which I love. <laughs> you know, so you're not flashy that way. You're flashy like Exposy. <laughs> yeah, totally. My boobs are always out. But, you know, I'm like, other than that... I was going to wear my Flava Flav like clock necklace today. I don't think you're flashy, I say as I look at your Michael Kors purse. Um... <laughs> You're just like a lady. I don't know. You're like an elegant, like a like a like a business lady. Am I like the Queen of England? No, <laughs> no, you are not. I, don't, I can imagine the Queen dare of England. You. Ooh, I would like to issue a trigger warning again for our latest pod, <laughs> Philip. I think that if the Queen was saying that at this date, we would have bigger problems. Oh yeah, Queen would be more be a like zombie. Uh, brains. <laughs> <laughs> so, ooh, God, sorry to all of our English people. Uh, they're okay. They know that she passed away. <laughs> okay, so, you know, Darren liked to brag, and he liked to show off and wear his gold. And it, I think the 80s was a time for, like, big, thick chains yeah, and that kind of stuff. before platinum came to popularity. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so he had purchased an 86, 1986 Jaguar. Ooh. And he paid cash for it. Nice. I'm Morgan Rector, host of the Human Monsters True Crime Podcast. Do you find life boring within the comfort zone? This is the right show for you. It will test your endurance. The offenders profiled are among the most inhumane. These people specialize in the unthinkable. Human Monsters, available wherever you get your podcasts. So... They had also purchased a cabin cruiser boat that they would take out on the lake. Uh, Darley had wanted a green pathfinder, and that's what she got. Oh, good. On June 14th of 1989, only a few days after moving into their new home, Darley would give birth to their first son, Devin Rush Routier. And less than two years later, they welcomed a second boy into the family, Damon Christian Routier, on February 19th of 1991. Two boys under two? Two boys under two. It's a lot of piss. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Do you know, have you ever heard of a PPTP? Uh, Did I tell you about a PPTP? Because I feel like we may have had this conversation. I think so. Is it? I feel like I'm envisioning like that Indiana Jones thing, you know, where he swaps out the amulet for like the bag of coins that's the same weight. I feel like you got to, once you pull the diaper down, you got to yeah. you diaper down, TP dun, dun, over, TP over PP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Swap it out. And you're constantly just running away from boulders. It's, just, it's a wild time. <laughs> Baby boys are wild. <laughs> you change diapers still, or are all your kids out of diapers? No, they're all out of diapers. Oh, okay, that's Thank cool. you, Jesus. <laughs> Did you have three in diapers at the same time? No, Olivia was fully potty trained. Jake and Olivia are only 16 months apart. Okay. So Olivia was 16 months when Jake came, and they were both in diapers at the same point. And then Max and Jake, I think Jacob was two and a half when Max came. Oh, okay. So, so that's good spread. Like, Thank you so much. I really good. appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will in our Patreon story though. I'm gonna I, I do talk about diapers because in the Patreon episode, the main person that I'm talking about, her dad apparently said to her when she was two and a half years old, or sorry, her mom said it to her. She was like, "What do you think about like maybe just keeping your diaper dry?" And the kid was like, "Yeah, that sounds great." And then the dad was like, "Yeah, we never had an issue after that. Like she never peed her pants." Oh wow, that's it. Oh my god, I see online like parents complaining about potty training. That seems so easy. Just tell them not to you just, pee the you, you politely ask. And then later on, I'll get into it in the Patreon episode, but later on they said, uh, yeah, and then like when she was in the fifth grade, we were just like, hey, you know what we think is we think you should like get good grades. And she was like, why? And they were like, because we'd like it if you did that. And she was like, all okay. right. Okay, sounds good. Nice. Which has been my experience with parenting. I'm mm. like, hey guys, uh, it's midnight. <laughs> Can you eat that fucking food that I put in front of you seven hours ago? And my kids are like, yeah, why didn't you just ask in the first place? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll fucking ask next time. <laughs> yeah, when folks are like, Matthew, can you get a grade? I'm like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to with that tone? You're like, ma, ma, I'm 41. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> 
So, you know, by all accounts, Darlie was a doting mother. Her kids' rooms were decked out. They were nicely dressed. Everyone who knew her said that Darlie loved being a mom. In case you hadn't noticed yet, there is a running D theme. Oh, boy. And you did it. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. How dare you. Dar- oh, no. <laughs> oh. Darlie was named... <laughs> well, you got, you're the one with three kids over five and a half years. Right? We got a running D problem. okay let me get through this (laughs) Darlie was named after her mother uh, who was named Darlie also that makes sense okay yeah (laughs) that checks out some people say that to me they're like oh my god yeah my my son's named after like Andrew I'm like oh yeah they're like yeah Andrew I'm like yeah I figured that's the son that was named after Andrew (laughs) so Darlie Senior which was OG Darley. Okay. Um, she would marry again after she split from Darley's father. Um, she had two other daughters. She named them Dana and Danielle. Okay. Dana was 10 years younger than Darley, and Danielle was 12 years younger than Darley. Darren also came from a D family <laughs> <laughs> and had a brother named Dion. And to add to the D names in October, so remember their kids are Damon and Devin. And Dion. Dion's okay. This is it's so complicated. Okay, so you didn't parents, make me any um, dolls. I know, here, look at my fingers. Okay, so Darley, yeah, and then Devin, yeah, they got married. Yeah, Darley's sisters are Danielle and uh, Dana. Yep. Darren's brother is Dion. Right. We don't even need to think about these people. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. So these two got married. Yeah. Devin and Damon are their kids. Yes. October of 1995 had another kid named Drake. Whoa. I know, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> Not the Drake. Yes, actually. Oh, my God. This is a segue into a pop culture. It's everything pop. Did you culture. go see Drake over the weekend? He was in the six over I the weekend. I cannot stand you. I'm with you on that one. So, around the end of 1995 and going into 96, Darren's business had begun to slow down. To the point, actually, that the couple had maxed out all of their credit cards to the tune of about $12,000, which in today's world would be... <laughs> Just over twenty four thousand. Yeah, I'm like maxed out at twelve grand. It's like, what is this amateur hour? <laughs> well, you only had one. <laughs> All the Aquariuses should turn off the radio now. He's loaded, guys. That's He's- right, <laughs> Aquarius ladies. <laughs> so, um, not only that, but when Darren's business started to take off, he decided to move out of the home, the business move out of the home, and into a office, which he had not paid his rent in months. Mm. Uh, their mortgage was two months behind. Uh-oh. And they had been sent a letter advising them that they ran the risk of foreclosure. They also owed $10,000 in back taxes. And Darren's JAG was now in the shop, and he was unable to pay for the repairs. Uh-oh. Um, so he had been driving Darley's Pathfinder for work. And this was something that was really upsetting to Darley. She had, at the time, what was referred to as the baby blues— we now know that it's called postpartum depression. All right. So she, what, dis, what a dismissive term, right? The baby, the baby blues. blues? Wait, no. Shut the fuck up, lady. You just start smiling again. <laughs> Sorry oh. about all the fucking hormones. Oh my god. <laughs> so now you know she was dealing with the fact that the company wasn't bringing any money, and she didn't even have a vehicle to get around. From personal experience. I can say that when COVID hit, mm-hmm. I had a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a six-month-old. And it was March, so it was winter. And my husband was an essential worker. And, you know. Oh, my God. At least with the two boys, for sure. I know that I dealt with, like, a certain degree of postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. For sure with Max, because I was in a living hell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then to be the locked in. Like, remember at the beginning, too, they were like, you can't even walk down the street. Yeah. Like, you can't do anything. And it was winter, too. So, like, even if I could, it would yeah, be Yeah, parks awful. were closed. Yeah. Remember they closed the playgrounds like at the very, very beginning? Oh, yeah. Remember the yellow caution tape around the playgrounds? And like even to go to the grocery store, like I think right off the hop, they were closed right away. And then like they eventually opened back up. I don't think grocery stores ever shut down. No? I don't think they were ever. Didn't they do only like curbside for a little bit? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't either. But no, you could not bring your kids. So it was like, and my husband at the time was, uh, he installed wireless internet 
Mm. So it was like and everybody, everybody was and their brother was home working for from school home. And so he was working home, until yeah. like eight, nine o'clock. Oof. And I was just stuck with a brand new baby who was colicky. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Shit, we should do an episode of Everything Scary on the first couple months of COVID. For you, you should do an Everything Scary on my life yeah. the first couple months of COVID because exactly I, it was like. what I just said. <laughs> You didn't say Miley. I'm sorry. Oh, Oh, I meant you. (laughs) I always mean you. (laughs) So romantic. (laughs) So, you know, but to be like, you know, not to say that Darlie had it terrible. She was living in this beautiful home, but Mm -hmm. she was stuck there. Yeah. And for some reason, it's like if you have a vehicle and, you know, you don't feel the need to go out, but the second somebody tells you you can't go out. All you want to do is leave. All you want to do is. Antsy in your pantsy. I dated a guy whose mom made pickles. Oh. And she sent over a jar of pickles and on it was a post-it note that said like, this was like in July. It said like, do not open until September 21st. And I've never fucking wanted a pickle so bad in my life. <laughs> and it's like, only these pickles would do the trick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Still getting the ex's pickle. <laughs> what did you think? I meant. So, another thing that was getting Darlie down was before she had given birth to Drake, she had been a size four. And since she had given birth to her son, uh, well, she managed to take most of the weight off. She was now a size six or eight. I don't even know what that means. I'm a size six or eight. So, like, they're different than guy sizes, right? For sure. Like, okay, because I'm think, like 32. Yeah. That's a lot. Imagine. Wider than like a four or six. Could you imagine if it was the same, like, measurements? <laughs> yeah. though, and you're like, oh, my God. I would kill to be a six. <laughs> like, honey, you can pull those jeans off. But yeah, so like she was just bigger than she used to be. How many pounds is in a size? Like I'm sure that like is it like tw- like if you gain twenty pounds, you move up a size. Well, that's a really good question. I mean, because like you could just suck it in and go down a size of pants and in boys' put on a world. Trainer, yeah, yeah, a little corset or spanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess she could, but I don't think Spanx was around in the eighties, right? So, so she had a little bit of a weight gain. Yeah, so she, she just little, had to deal with it. She was a little sensitive. Yeah. And Nothing wrong with that. Darren had always paraded Darlie around and was very proud of the way that she looked. So Darlie started taking a diet pill called Fentermin. Does that have Fenfen in it? Holy shit, how do you know that? <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, they're in the 90s. Fen there was a big uh there was a big uh, recall on Yeah, Fen-Fen. they took it off the market. Yeah. You shut your mouth. What? <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> When you're talking to me, I have been waiting about <laughs> 31 years for somebody to bring up that drug so I could be like, that doesn't have Fenton in it, does it? <laughs> Just smash down your coffee cup and leave. I'm like, what the? <laughs> so, what, you know, this drug's intent was, was it was supposed to suppress part of your brain that manages your appetite. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should do anything that fucks with your brain. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, especially that, especially the loudest voice. <laughs> the one that's like, I'm me so hungry. <laughs> so the side effects of this drug included frustration, impatience, hostility, irritability, and anger. Nice, roid rage. Yeah. Uh, and these symptoms were actually so common that it gained the name Fenrage. Oh man, I was close with roid rage. You are I'm on, on your fucking game. Watch me fall all over myself, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> and that paired with her current state was probably not doing her any favors. And it was actually taken off the shelves in 1997 due to its side effects. Also, it did a little fucked up shit to your heart. So that was also one of the oh, other things. Mm, interesting. Heart stuff. I'm angry. I'm having a heart attack. And now it is Ozempic. Oh, God. Ozempic. Is it wrong that I want to try it? <laughs> No, I don't think so. But it's a needle. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a diabetic needle. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not like, like a Botox needle. No, that's a syringe. This one's like in a little, like it's like a loaded, I don't even know how to explain, like a pen almost. Oh, like an EpiPen. Yeah, and okay. you just kind of screw a tap on, you pinch your stomach and you go. Your stomach? <laughs> <laughs> so, one of Darlie's friends ended up testifying that she once witnessed Darren calling Darlie a fat pig, and he told her that if she didn't lose weight soon, he would find someone else. So this guy's kind of a, an I mean, asshole? That is the only real super negative thing I have to say about Darren. Okay. It was the only thing I really came across. 
I mean, that's not great. So he behaved like an asshole. Yeah. Not necessarily is an asshole. Maybe he was on fucking Fen Fen. Fen Fen. Mm. Uh, so on June 1st of 1996, Darren, you know, the sweet angel that he was after mm-hmm. he called his wife a fat pig, um, had felt that he needed to apply for a $5,000 loan in order to keep their family afloat. But sadly, on June the 3rd, that loan was denied. Really? Yeah. Was it because when they said, what do you plan on doing this with this money? <laughs> Paying off people that I owe money for. Do you have any more income coming? I would plan to get another loan from the bank down the road. <laughs> He's like, I've actually got to feed my fat pig of a wife. <laughs> like, this shit is getting expensive. <laughs> I, our food budget is insane. And it's only the 90s. We are not even looking ahead to In year 2023. When your eggs are fucking $9. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so... Friends and family of Darlie would notice, you know, there's a difference in her. Of course, she's going through all these hormone things. Her friggin', she's on this weird drug. Her family head doesn't have any money. Like, it's yeah, the perfect storm, really. Dressed out. So it was very clear that she was struggling. And in the past, when Darlie was well, she was able to keep up. This is like one of those like Murphy's Law things. So in the past, when Darlie was well, she was able to keep up with all of the housework. She was a great mother to her children. But now that the money was slow at best, she had to hire a bunch of help to keep up with the kids and the housework. Mm. And it's like, you know, now that you don't have any money, you have to hire the now help. You need like, the money. So she did not have the strength to do all of the things that she once had to do and she did with such ease. She and Darren were fighting more than they ever had. Employees at Darren's office would say that Darlie would come in to check the books and would storm off angrily. <laughs> Things were not looking good for the routiers. And even though the money was not coming in, it was said that Darlie was not reigning in her spending at all. Oh, so she was still living the high life. You know it. She was just buying all the Aquanet. (laughs) She had a vacation planned with a friend in July to go to Cancun. She would later explain that she knew that money was tight, but that the business would pick up again. It always did. So, on the night of June 6th of 1996... At this time, Darlie was 26 and Damon was five and Devin was six. However, his birthday, Devin's birthday was on the 14th. So in eight days from this, he would be turning seven. Okay. Devin and Damon asked if they could sleep in the living room, to which their parents agreed. And since Darlie had not been sleeping well due to Drake, the baby, constantly waking up in the night, it was decided that Darlie would stay downstairs with the older boys and Darren would sleep in the bed and would tend to Drake if he needed it. Oh, that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Darren went to bed in between 12.30 or 1, and Darlie went into the living room. Not long after Darren had gone to bed and she fell asleep on the couch. Now, there's going to be a few different versions of what happened next, but for the telling of this version, I, I'm going to keep it with what Darlie told first. Okay. Keep in mind that she may have been in shock or she just could be flat out lying, and that is why her story changes. So it's up to you how you choose to interpret the inconsistencies. Darlie would place a call to 911 at 2.32 a.m. One thing that I noticed right out of the gate is as the phone rang, there was silence on Darlie's end. And something that a lot of people don't know is that the second you press that last one in 911, you're being recorded. No shit. As the phone is ringing, you're being recorded. So that so you hit the one, the line's open. Yes. Wow, that's the great. Second to, the second one that's is, awesome. Yeah. So... There's silence as the phone rings. So she places this call and she's hysterical, screaming. She starts off by saying that somebody came in. Once they broke they in. Yeah. That's weird. Right? She says, they just stabbed me and my little boys. They're dying. Hurry. Oh my God, my babies are dying. They're dead. Oh my God, Devin is already dead. Ugh. Jeez. Just a few things uh, that others have made mention of and consider to be a big deal. When the operator hears that there is a knife at the scene, she advises Darlie not to touch it. So I'll get into exactly how this whole thing maps out, but um, Darlie said that she found a knife in the utility room, and Darlie said that she'd already touched it. And minutes later, so kind of sounds like she percolated with it, she vocalizes that she's worried that they're not going to be able to find the person who did this because she had touched the knife and possibly contaminated it. Mm. So a lot of people find that Very damning. Um, She's been dragged a ton of times for this. And I know, like, because my brain's a little funky, that I'm the exception and not the rule. (laughs) (laughs) But I would be concerned with preservation as well. I mean, firstly, 
you're wanting yeah. to tend to your children. But a very distant second would be preservation of the crime scene. And I think that the operator saying, don't touch the knife, in my brain, it would go, okay, I already touched the knife. Why did she tell me not to touch the knife? Oh, because of Prince. Oh, shit, I already fucked this up. Yeah. Like, that's, that would be the chain of events that happened in my head. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think so. But again, I'm not normal, so I can understand why people were skeptical about it. And also, yeah, as much sense as that makes, I could also understand if somebody said, I don't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Like, I panicked and freaked. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. You earned that right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like, it's, it's so hard to determine how someone else is supposed to act in, like, the, in a moment that, like, Pray mm-hmm. to God, most of us don't ever experience. Yeah. So I'm going to, again, issue a separate trigger warning here. If you want to go make your coffee, <laughs> as things are about to get a little bit more graphic, uh, then you may want to hear. So as Darley is on the phone with 911, Darren has run down the stairs and he's trying to administer CPR to Devin. He would later say that as he blew into his son's mouth, he could feel it come out the wound in Devin's chest. Mm, shit. Um, when the first officer arrived on the scene, it had only been a couple minutes since 911 was called. Uh, David Waddell was the officer. He noted that Darren was tending to Devin and Damon was lying on the floor and Darley was in the kitchen island applying a towel to a wound on her neck. The officer can be heard on the 911 call asking Darley to find a rag to apply to Damon's wounds. Waddell positioned himself in front of the entrance to the utility room because he was trying to keep... Darley had told him that the killer had run through their utility room out into the garage. And I will post, actually, like a floor plan so okay. that like the listeners can see exactly how it was all laid out. But Darley had told him that he had exited that way, so Waddell wanted to stand there and just keep a shield between the family and whatever, whatever was yeah. in the garage. Uh, He would later testify and say that it was protocol that officers had to secure the scene first, and then they would be able to administer help. Also, the scene would have to be secured before any EMS workers were allowed to enter. Right. He was not able to secure the home until another uh, until backup got there. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I know that's against protocol, but I mean, yeah, I I don't think anybody would fault him too much for that. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) fuck. So. Waddell would later testify that Damon was lying on his stomach with the left side of his face on the floor, and the officer believed the boys to be looking at him and Darley while struggling to breathe. But his pulse had not been taken at this point, so it's unclear if Damon was actually still alive. Wow. Less than two minutes after Officer Waddell got there, backup arrived. This was Officer Matthew Walling, who also saw Darley standing in the kitchen applying a towel to her wound. After the second officer arrived, they went to clear the home. They noticed blood and broken glass in the kitchen. Are you ever leaving your kid and going to the kitchen, regardless of the wound that you have? If my... Like, as a like, like that's Is that a little suspect that she's just up in the kitchen? Like, I know she's got a neck wound, but like... I, I cannot fathom having my child lying on the floor in not even critical condition. Yeah. Like if my in if my life, kid was hurt yeah. and I wouldn't just standing there leaning on the kitchen island, like I can't, Yeah, you know, you, you never know what you'll do in this type of a situation. I can't. Yeah, well, that's definitely not. <laughs> I can't envision no. a mind frame that I would be in that I would just be like, okay, well, you're lying on the cold floor and I'm, I'll be right here. Uh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, so. yeah. I think my spidey senses might be tingling already. So, um, both officers went into the garage, and they cleared it with no one inside. They went upstairs, and they found eight-month-old Drake asleep in his crib. They noted that they were startled, as they had been unaware that there was a baby in the home. Now, one thing I think that we should keep in mind is that going through everything is going to make it seem like this goes on forever. Like, as I'm telling you this, it seems like, oh, Dolly's been standing at her kitchen island, and, you know, this guy's been waiting for backup— he got there within two minutes of the 911 call being placed. The second officer got there within four minutes of it being placed. So right, this okay. is all transpiring very quickly. So in six minutes, two cops exactly. are there. Yeah. Darley would remain on the phone with the operator right up until the second officer arrived on the scene. And the 911 call was five minutes and 44 seconds long. So within five minutes and 44 seconds from her picking up that phone, we've got two officers in the house and now... We have the EMS starting to come in. Like that's great time, isn't it? Yeah, like, for that's sure. What you're... For sure. When I'm saying like 
and then Darlie stood there, and then she oh, you think it's like an hours long thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the paramedics entered. One of the paramedics' name was Jack Colby, and he would later testify that when he arrived, like I said earlier, Damon was laying on his stomach. When he turned him over to try and save him, he said that Damon gasped for air and still had a bit of light in his eyes. Fuck me. He said that after the gasp, the light left his eyes. They rushed him to the ambulance to see if they could get him back. But by the time he was loaded onto the ambulance, his wounds had stopped bleeding, which is not a good sign. Your heart's not beating anymore. So, Devin didn't have a heartbeat when the paramedics arrived on site. Uh, His eyes were open, and they said that he had a look of fear on his face. Mm. Darlie was loaded into the ambulance, and Darren was not permitted to go with her. So her husband was not permitted. It's so hard with all the D names. Yeah, really. But Darren was not permitted to go with her. Uh, The Routier neighbor, who was a nurse named Karen, was given baby Drake to look after, as well as the family dog, a Pomeranian named Domino. A D name? Holy shit, I didn't even realize that one. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) So, in the ambulance, Darlie's blood pressure was taken, and it was 140 over 80, which is pretty close to the normal 120 over 80. Um, Oh, yeah. When Darlie arrived at the hospital, she was brought into surgery as a precaution, because with neck injuries, they always want to be cautious. Um, Dr. Alejandro Santos was the doctor who performed the surgery. Once Darlie was cleaned off, they realized that although the wound was only two millimeters short of nicking her carotid artery. It thankfully had not. And that aside, the wound itself was actually superficial. Really? Think about two millimeters. That's like the thickness of a penny. Yeah. And that's how close it was. And it went right down, like right across from like the oh, like top of her big. shoulder. Yeah. it's. Uh, oh, I'm thinking like a little. No, you know, it, like it, a and it went... Down like this, and then there was, it skipped a bit, and then there was, like, another, like, half an inch down below. So from kind of, like, earlobe area, top of the sternum. Yeah, more like, you know where you got this little U thing? Yeah, it's... (laughs) We're doctors, um, guys. Yeah, where your collarbones kind of meet. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Top of the sternum? I don't know what it is. Sure, something like that. There you go. So, (laughs) the wound was three and a half inches thick. Wow. Um, they flushed it out and stitched it and bandaged the wound. Oh, but they didn't have to like do surgery like to... The doctor said that what he called it, he said that whatever... Whoever the attacker Whoever was. did the cut had nicked a lot of quote-unquote little bleeders. Mm. So I guess there's like veins or... Mm. Again, we are doctors, so... That's we right. We can just take this at face value. That's right. Just a couple of gynos <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> I'm just... So, they fleshed it out, stitched it, bandaged it. Darlie also had a stab wound to her right forearm. Um, and it appeared to be a defense wound, as if she had put her arm up to block a knife. Okay. Uh, that wound did reach the bone, but it was on her forearm. So, it's like... Who cares? There's not really a lot of stuff to go through to get to your forearm. Oh, yeah, right. The bone is right it's there literally the right there, yeah. So... Uh, this wound had stopped bleeding by the time that Darlie was in surgery, but they gave her a few stitches just in case. She also had a 1.5-inch superficial stab on her shoulder that did not require any stitches. Uh, the problem with these wounds, though, is that when Darlie gave her written statement to the police, in which I will read that to you in part Thank in just a minute. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> she states that she woke up to a man at the foot of her couch and she made no mention of a struggle. In fact, she had not even realized that she had the neck wound until she noticed that she was covered in blood. Sadly, Damon Lake Devon did not survive the attack. He was officially declared dead at the hospital at 326, which was less than an hour after the 911 call had been placed. Wow. Dr. Santos had chosen to put Darley into an ICU unit after the surgery not because he thought she required it, but because he wanted her to be in a contained room away from the media and thought for her sake it would be a better place for her to be when she learned that neither of her children had survived. But he didn't know that Darlie was already aware that both Devin and Damon were gone. Darlie would later be asked if she had been sexually assaulted. She answered that she didn't know, but when they tested, she was negative for having been sexually assaulted. So another trigger warning, and I think this is, the last horrific one. I'm going to quickly go through the injuries that the boys sustained. 
Um, so Devin was likely killed while he slept, which is the only thing that is even somewhat comforting about the case. But he had two stab wounds to his chest. One went through his lung and his pulmonary artery. The other was in the middle of his chest and it went through his liver. He made no attempt to move after being attacked. He also had stab wounds to his arms and legs and other small cuts on his hands, arms, legs, and back. Damon had cuts on both of his feet and on the back of his right arm. He had four stab wounds to his back. Three of them penetrated his right lung. One penetrated his left lung, and his liver and diaphragm were also punctured. Sadly, Damon did not pass away instantly. He was found at the base of the stairs that would go to like his parents' room. He was possibly trying to reach his dad when he crawled there. Oh, shit. Sorry. Not crawling toward his mom. No. Huh. That's interesting little tidbit. Tidbit. Um, The problem with that, though, Uh is Darlie said that she awoke to Damon crying and saying, Mommy. Like I said, I'm going to read you the statement, so you'll see what she said about this. But Darlie was released from the hospital two days after being admitted. And uh, when I read you the statement, remember that Damon had four punctures to his lungs when he was Mm -hmm. apparently following her. So she would say that she had been sleeping on the couch on and off for a week because any time that the baby would stir upstairs, it would wake Darlie. So sleeping in the living room was the only way that she could get a good night's rest. She would say about the night of June 6th, after a while, I started to get sleepy. The next thing, I wake up and I felt Damon press on my right shoulder and I heard him cry. This made me really come awake and realize there was a man standing down at my feet walking away from me. I walked after him and I heard glass breaking. I got halfway through the kitchen and turned back around to run and turn on the light. I ran back towards the utility room and realized there was a big white handled knife laying on the floor. It was then that I realized that I had blood all over me and I grabbed the knife thinking he was in the garage. So I thought he might still be there. I yelled for Darren. I ran back through the kitchen and realized the entire living area had blood all over everything. I put the knife on the counter and ran to the entrance, turned on a light and started screaming for Darren. I think I screamed twice and he ran out of the bedroom with his jeans and no glasses and was yelling, what is it? What is it? So that's what she said happened. She said she actually, when she awoke, Mm -hmm. she started following the man and Damon started following her and she told him to go back and lay down. I'm. I know that in these times of crisis, you never know what you. There's no right way to act or whatever. I mean, she's guilty. Come on, that's crazy. Just the amount of time she left her kids. But like, this kid had four puncture wounds to his lungs, and she said that he woke her up by saying, "Mummy, mummy." Yeah, you're barely breathing. Mm-hmm. You're not making a sound. No. So, like I said, Darlie was released on June 8th from the hospital. This was just two days after having her throat slashed. And she was immediately taken to the police station to be interviewed, as was Darren. The couple was at the station between six to seven hours, and they actually ended up being two hours late for the first viewing of the boys at the funeral home. The boys were buried together in the same casket, and they were holding hands. The parents were at the police station for yeah. the first hour of the viewing? Uh, the first two hours, yeah. That wasn't their fault, though, that they were being questioned. But I mean, as a poll, I, I don't know. Is that weird? Or is that, a, is that like a tactic? I mean, I think like a lot of people said, you know, why would they try to interview Darlie after she'd just been so brutally injured and she had surgery? But I think uh, they got it before they, Darren and Darlie yeah. can start talking. I think that any time any parent is child is in any sort of situation of peril where they can help, they, they're not going to give a shit when. Yeah. Any real, you know, that's a real true victim, they're going to be like, yeah, whatever you need. What I don't give a shit. We'll yeah, talk right now. Well, I don't yeah, think they course. think that she's a real victim. Uh, no. <laughs> so, like I said, they were holding hands when they were buried. Um, Darren said that the entire time they were at the funeral home, he was holding Darlie up because he felt like she was going to fall to the ground. She was so overcome with grief. So, on the 10th, so remember this happened on the 6th, the morning of the 6th, so mm-hmm. like kind of the 5th. Darlie was brought back into the police station and her injuries were once again photographed. She apparently was really annoyed by having to be photographed again. So one of the injuries that was photographed was easily the worst bruise I've ever seen in my entire life. That was the one I sent you last night. Yes. Uh, It starts from about the base of her palm on her right arm and goes 
all the way up to about two inches from her armpit. And it's just completely black. It looks like a pulled muscle or something. It's horrendous. Yeah. Shit's gross. <laughs> so there's two problems with this bruise. First is, again, Darlie never <laughs> only made... Only two. There's only two <laughs> problems. <laughs> but she never mentioned it, right? Like, it wasn't... Oh, in her injuries? Well, when they brought her into the hospital, there was no... All of the hospital staff says that there was no sign of a bruise starting. Well, and you're there was not no redness. Miss... There was no swelling. There was yeah. nothing. <laughs> and a doctor would testify that the in 48 hours that Darlie was there, there was no evidence of the bruise. One of the nurses, Paige Campbell, even testified that she bathed Darlie and she washed her arm and there was no complaints. It didn't seem tender. It wasn't mm. hot to the yeah. touch, which it usually would be. Dr. Santos, which was the uh, physician that saw her when she was first admitted, testified that a bruise this significant would have shown some type of formation within 24 hours, at yeah. least. Mm-hmm. So there was another doctor, Dr. Patrick Dillon, and he said that if he had noticed a bruise like this starting to form, he would have ordered x-rays on the arm because of how serious it was. Yeah, no shit. It's like a two-foot bruise. Yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. However, there was a few family members of Darley's that said that they did notice a bruise forming while she was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So things were starting to look a little strange, and that is where we're going to stop today. Oh, and the next episode, we're going to go over... Some more strange evidence that was at the scene. We will talk about the infamous silly string moment. Do you know anything about that? No. Does that sound okay? None whatsoever. Um, that a lot of people will say is what sealed Darlie's fate. And we will go over the trial as well. As always, if you're a part of our Patreon, both episodes will be there by now. Boom. Just like that. Boom. And that's it for now. Fine. Bye. Bye. Bye.